Welcome to the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting, where two guys discuss and explore the challenges of parenting. They share their experiences, ideas, and perspectives as they search for ways to be better sons, husbands, and dads. Here are the hosts, Joseph Winkle and Taylor Greenhall. Hey, Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Taylor? I'm doing great. Had a good Thanksgiving. How about you? Yeah, yeah, we did. We traveled. We got to see our family. It was a fantastic time and glad to be back. All right. Well, good. Well, I'm excited for today's podcast. We have a very special guest today. I'd say. <laughs> That's my wife, Samira. She's here with us today. So first of all, honey, thank you so much for for being here with us. And I'll give a little bit of an introduction and you can fill in the gaps as I as you see fit. But for me, I'm excited because we're talking about a father figure that's has a prominent role in my life, even though I've never had the opportunity to meet him. And that's my father-in-law, who passed away a few months before uh, Samir and I met. Yet, uh, I get to learn about him constantly. And the interesting thing, my wife and I have been married for 10 years, and often I think I have to know everything I there is to know about this guy, because my wife does talk about him. She He has a, a significant part of her life, and I feel like I've learned so much about him, yet seems like quite often my wife tells me a new story that I haven't heard before about him and his character, and I love hearing the stories. So, although I, it's one of my great sadnesses is that I've never met him before, I look forward to meeting him one day, and it is exciting for me to hear my wife tell the stories about him. So, Samir, I know the relationship between you and your dad and your sisters and your dad. I should say that your dad, for a good part of your childhood, your dad was a single father raising six sisters. And I know that the relationship with all of them, between all of your sisters and your dad, and you and your dad is special. Can you tell us what made that such a special relationship? Yeah, well, like you said, I'm one of six girls that my dad raised, and I am his favorite, as (laughs) is every one of the other five daughters. We are all his favorite daughters. And he really made us feel like that because the relationship that he had with each of us was so unique and so individual. And he fathered us in a way that was catered to who we were, who what our personalities were and who we were as individuals. So he wasn't the father that he thought that he should be. He was the father that he felt we needed him to be. And that's why every one of us believes that we are his favorite daughter and that we were the most special thing in mm. his life. I've heard you tell me that before, and it's just a remarkable ability. And it leads me to my next question. And we've talked, I've heard you tell this story before too. And that is that when your father married your mother, your mom already had two daughters from a previous marriage. And so he became a father, a stepfather to those girls instantly. And you've told me the story of how he changed as a person when he took on that responsibility as a father. And we've talked about that before, different guests, of how, you know, you go from being the uncle to the father and how that changes a person. Can you talk a little bit about how that changed your dad and how, how you know that he took that responsibility seriously? Yeah. So the story that I love that my dad would always tell about when he met my mother, she was uh, just a young adult with two little girls raising them on her own. And... A lot of his friends, when he first asked her out, just thought, man, I wouldn't touch her with a 10-foot pool. She's got two two kids. You know, you don't know anything about her. And, and his reply was always, I know exactly where she's been. And I know exactly what she's been doing. I know exactly who she is. She's 
a single mom raising those kids on her own. And that was one of the things that really attracted him to her. Uh, even before that, my oldest sister has a beautiful way of describing him. She calls him a modern day Siddhartha. And Siddhartha is Buddha before he found the Buddhist religion. He was born an heir apparent. He was sheltered from any hardships. He wasn't exposed to aging, to death, to pain, to poverty, just a lap of luxury. And in his midlife, he actually chose to forsake all of that. You know, he did start out as this traveling, money-making, handsome bachelor in Southern California. And he had a very defining moment in his life when he joined the LDS church. He forsook all of his earthly possessions and things of the world, gave that all up for spiritual enlightenment and religion and starting a family. That was a very pivotal point in his life. He, you know, lived the next 15 years uh, with very little. We were very minimalistic in the things that we had. We weren't at all indulged. All of our best memories were from just spending time as a family without things. And then he had another very pivotal time in his life when he and my mother got a divorce. He was raising four teenage daughters on his own. So he had spent those 15 years of being the provider of the family. He worked from sunup to sundown, doing a very labor-intensive job in drywall construction. And everything that he did was to provide for us financially. And then after the divorce, he had to, again, completely redefine who he was as a father. He wasn't able to be that physical provider anymore. He had to change and become a an emotional provider to four teenage daughters that he was raising on his own. And so that was the next 15 years of his life was redefining himself as a father and as a provider and, you know, what we needed him to be. So he had a couple of very significant changes in his life that changed who he was as a father. And he, again, has a very chameleon personality where the world around him, he didn't expect it to change to suit him and to appease him. He made his life very uncomfortable and graciously accepted that just to make our lives more comfortable. What I like about you sharing that is I think of single parents and there are so many uh, single parents out there trying to fill both roles. And I love that he was willing and able to do what he could to go from one idea of who he was as just more the physical financial provider maybe and come to that other, try to meet that other need as well. And I think it just goes out there to any single parent that you may see you can't fully do both roles, but whether you can or not, your children, by your example, will recognize the effort. And that's enough. Yeah. And it was a great lesson that he taught us that it's not about what we as parents want for our kids, but it's about what our kids need from us as parents. Profound. Yeah, and my dad, he, he definitely was very Christ-like, but 
it wasn't always a natural thing for him. He definitely did work very hard at, at being Christ-like. And it didn't always come naturally, but it was something that every day of his life. And when he died, I think that he didn't think that he achieved what he had set out to achieve when he joined the LDS church. Because yeah, we have a culture of perfectionism. Yeah. It plagues everybody, especially the best people, honestly. So but he would have been pleasantly surprised when he finished things up. Yeah. Yeah. His grace is sufficient. We, a lot of times, just kind of, dang it, Dad, you know, you had such a nice life. You had so <laughs> many great things and you gave it all up. And, and now we, you know, are living this life of chosen poverty. That's basically the life that my dad chose was to forsake all of that and live life as a modern day Siddhartha. Awesome that your sister refers to him uh, in that way. I think, you know, as Taylor and I, you know, our interest in fatherhood and the, the joys of fatherhood certain, certainly is a great that he saw that right away and was happy to walk away from the finer things of life or the things that are of most value. Really special. Well, I'll tell you one thing I appreciate, and this is kind of a, a humorous story from my end. When I met Samira and told uh, my family about her, I told my parents that she's the exact opposite of me. Um, she's adventurous. She's brave. I was kind of timid and shy. And I think my mom was a little concerned that I could keep up. But there's a sense of adventure, I think, that you got from your father that has really served our family well because... We will explore. Our kids are growing up in a way that they realize that there's beauty in their own backyard. And I've always appreciated that about you. Do you have any stories or experiences from your dad where you feel like his sense of adventure as he was raising you kind of shaped you into the person you are today? Yeah, because my dad went without purposely and he intentionally led a very frugal life, we were left with few means and we had to have large imaginations. We always had a van that was broken down so I can do a lot on a vehicle myself. Uh, He did drywall construction as we grew up and he always took us to the job site with us because you know little girls helping him clean up a job site that's very useful. Uh, So he definitely put us to good use. He always was very generous toward other people He always picked up hitchhikers, gave them rides, gave them a meal, bring them home, let them shower. I'm not really afraid of people in general, (laughs) strangers in public. He is referred to fondly by so many of his friends that Roy was the guy that would give his shirt off his back. Roy gave his last dollar to strangers. It was never an inconvenience to visit family or friends. And you always go out of your way, spend whatever time you need to make a connection with family because you never know if that's going to be the last time that you're going to see them. There was no tourist site or dot on the map that was too far out of the way to detour and make a pit stop. So, yeah, I think because we were raised with so little, he filled it in with the with creativity. Mm-hmm. And I would add to that how grateful I am because you've taught me some of those lessons myself. I 
have a dear uncle, Uncle John, that I'm really close to who got sick. And as I was contemplating taking some time off to work to go visit him, I talked to my wife about it. And she said, my dad always said, when you have an opportunity to visit family, you do it. And I did. And, and my Uncle John ended up passing away that weekend. So I'm grateful for that lesson. One thing I think is a characteristic of your father that I admire so much. And, and uh, I don't know if you see this in yourself, but I do. And that is the fact that he could find a commonality with anybody. And so it was very easy for your dad to make friends. But even more important, it was easy for other people to feel like he was genuinely interested in their lives. And your mother, when I met you, she described you to me. She said that you seek out the underdog. And I, and I, I didn't know if she was calling me the underdog, but uh, <laughs> I, I realize after hearing stories about your dad, I, realize where you got that from and i think it's a genuine talent to find find those commonalities show interest in other people's lives can you talk about that and what it's meant to you yeah my dad was always referred to as having a golden tongue where he always had the right thing to say he could always find something to talk about with someone his conversations with people were never about him he didn't he didn't interact with people for his own benefit. It was always for the benefit of whoever he was interacting with. And he would take however long it took to talk to somebody until he found that one thing that they had in common. And once they found that common ground, then he would expound on that. And that would be the thing that would make them friends. You know, my sister also had said that you know, even now that my dad is gone and he's passed away, death doesn't have a hold on him because he's made so many connections with so many people and they were connections that were meaningful to those people. And so because of that, my dad is still always with everybody um, that he came in contact with. That's awesome. And I would say even people he didn't, didn't come in contact with, like I said, I've never met him, but I feel like I know him so well through the influence he's had on you. So, uh, yeah, I, I've loved hearing your stories about your dad. And, uh, of course, Taylor's mentioned him many times and the influence he's had. I guess uh, my question would be, as, as just his daughter, um, what about him in particular are you most grateful for? I think the thing that I'm the most grateful for was his ability to make each person feel like such a valued individual. And he did that for me and each of my sisters. My sisters and I have talked many times about our individual relationships with our dad. And it's interesting because each time we do, one or another sister will say, oh, you know, that's not how I remember him, or that's not the relationship that I had with him. Uh, one sister in particular, she's a bit stubborn and she doesn't like to uh, talk about her feelings much. She doesn't like people to know her business. My dad didn't ever ask her a lot of questions and he didn't push her for information. And, and he knew that she was like that and he loved her at the arm's length that she required. And that's the relationship that she had with him. My relationship, my most memorable kind of impactful relationship with him was that I know that he lived vicariously through me. He wasn't able to complete his degree in college. 
and he wasn't able to travel to places through the world that he really wanted to. He sacrificed that for his family. And so as I went through college and as I traveled around the world, he was always very supportive and encouraging and always wanted to talk about that. So I felt like my relationship with him was the vicarious liver. Um, I have another sister who he, he taught her through Aesop's fables. That's one of the things that I remember the most growing up is that he was always saying fables to her and just telling her stories that related to life because that's how she best learned. I have another sister who was just adventurous and always getting dirty and um, always spoke her mind and never knows when to stop, never know when, knows when enough is enough. And he allowed her to make her mistakes and explore her world cautiously watched. I have another sister who is extremely intellectual and she loves literature and she loves the arts and she loves philosophy and they can have conversations for hours discussing those kinds of things. And that's because it's special to her. I've never had a conversation like that with my dad. You know, I've also never had my dad have to lecture me through a story or a fable. So each of us had such unique relationships with him because he was the dad that we needed him to be based on what our personality was. And I think that that was the most special thing about him is that he didn't force his fatherhood on us. He just allowed us to show him how we needed him to be a father. And he graciously accepted that role and sacrificed and forsake everything else to be able to give that to us. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. I love that that's what you started with, and that's kind of what we've circled back to. And what I'll be taking from that as a father is the concept, especially with my children, is trying to meet them where they're at. I think as fathers, a lot of times we we see potential, we know what's out there, and, and we're pushing kids towards the things we want for them. We know they can have if they just work a little harder, do a little bit more, but uh, certainly seems to be a lot more wisdom in meeting people where they're at and being what they need and then earning their trust. And, and then I'm sure a lot easier to give guidance and counsel and clearly a uh, great talent. Thanks. Is there something in the way that your father parented you or a lesson that you learned from your father that prepared you to be a parent? Yeah, definitely. He taught us so many life lessons. Uh, one in particular that I've always carried with me through life, and I know that my sisters have as well, is to always leave things better than you found them. If you ever borrow something, you return it in better condition than you found it. If you, if someone loans you money, you repay it uh, and then some. I feel like I've tried to incorporate that into my parenting as far as I'm going to try to be a better parent to my children than he was to me. And hopefully my kids will try to be a better parent to their kids than I am for them. But that's something that I refer back to quite often as I'm parenting my boys, just thinking, how would my dad have done this? And how can I leave this world and my family better than I found them? I think that's a natural instinct as parents is to want better for your kids than you had for yourself. And I think that's evident in the way that your dad lived his life. So thank you for sharing that. Sure, you're welcome. Yeah, and my dad was definitely one who 
had regrets in his life, but they were there were no substantial regrets that he had because he really did try to give everything of himself. Well, Joe, I appreciate I appreciate you sitting with me and talking to my wife. It's just I just wanted to talk a little bit about some things I've learned even from that interview, but more in depth the value that I find in this relationship with the person I've never met. I I don't know that I've ever analyzed a relationship I've ever had with a person I've never met before as much as I have with my father-in-law. Because it's always something you think about when you think about the girl you're going to marry. You think, man, I hope her father-in-law is impressed with me. And some people joke, oh, you didn't have to meet her dad. That's good. But I think, man, I'm, I still find myself hoping that he is pleased with the way that I treat his daughter. But there's so many things I've learned from him through my wife, like I mentioned before. And I think some of the most important ones for me, and I would, I would guess that my wife would say he wasn't a perfect father, but he didn't let that keep him from trying to be the best father he could be for his daughters. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked about that on our podcast. It's this thing where we say, yeah, we, we make mistakes, but it doesn't define us as a, as a father. That's something my wife has done for me, for, for me when I feel Sometimes at my lowest as a father, she reminds me of my potential and the good things I do as a father. Instead of like I do to myself, I kick myself when I'm down. And I'm realizing now that that's, that she learned that from her father. And I'm, again, it's just adding one more thing to the list that I'm grateful for, for this man that, that I'm really excited to meet someday. Well, I, I think is, uh, after talking to Samira, and I know Samira, of course, and we've, had a lot of conversations and she shared some stories with me about her dad, which I always love and laugh about because he sounds like my kind of guy. But um, I think what you said is exactly right, that he would say he wasn't the perfect father, but I think she would say he was the perfect father Mm -hmm. for her. And I think it's important for us to remember that as fathers. I think of uh, Ryan Burke that we had the podcast with recently on suicide and his biggest concern was that he was going to lose his relationship with his kids. Mm-hmm. But luckily, they were able to have a chance to say, you will always be our father. Yeah. It's not about if you can compete with someone or keep up with someone. And I just think that's an important message for us as fathers to remember. We'll never be enough in our own minds. Right. But simply, like Roy has taught us, by doing what you can do and trying your hardest, you don't hear a lot of uh, regrets from his children, uh, even though we probably will all grow up with some some regrets of a better ways to do things. It's actually a sign that we've grown, yeah. that we can recognize there's a better way. So, yeah, I, I love that, and it was such a great thing. And Honestly, it's uh, been really unique. I love the way that we've gone about talking about this. You have, and that is this relationship with someone you've never met. Yeah. And I, I think we all have learned a lot. I have. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, it's it's uh, he definitely. There's a legend of Roy in their family, and I think uh, he lives up to it in every sense of the word. He's my wife describe he or describes him as meeting someone and say he's a real salt of the earth kind of person. And I think I think that Roy was that in every sense of the word. He was the best of the best, and I think what set him apart was his faith and his love for other people. And I think, man, if you have those two things as a father then just kind of let everything else work itself out. And 
And my wife has taught me that and has balanced me out quite a bit because I've talked on this podcast about some of my anxiety issues and, and my wife doesn't have those. And I'm so grateful that, that she says, Hey, you know, we've got a roof over our heads. We're doing just fine. And, and again, all these lessons that a daughter learns from a father. And I've, I think it's this, there's such a unique relationship there between a father and a daughter that I get to see, not for myself. I don't have any daughters, but I see that with my wife and her dad. And, and it's just been awesome to talk to her more about it. And I'm motivated to, uh, to learn more about him that will help me be a, a better father to my kids. I'd just like to say thank you to everyone for listening. It's an honor to have this audience listening to our podcast. We appreciate you taking the time and would invite you to subscribe to our podcast and share it with anybody that you feel would benefit from hearing these conversations. Have a great day. We are so glad you could join in on the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting. You can find us on all the best podcast sites. Please subscribe and share. And be a part of the conversation by sharing your ideas, posing questions, and making suggestions. Drop us a line at fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. That's one word, fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. This segment was recorded and engineered by Jim Fugate. The music for this podcast was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alitu, the podcast maker. Find your own free music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music.